You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 55. Greetings everyone. I hope you're having a big week because if you're taking action to improve your best life choices, then you deserve it because you've earned it. It is a great feeling to know that some of you are taking action on the opportunities I talk about in these podcast episodes. There is nothing I want more than for you to see the beauty in your passion and then to move from fear to fantastic when you see what you can achieve when you put your passion to work. With that in mind, I want to talk about another type of lockdown side hustle this week, focusing on things you can make. Now, I just don't know how to tell you about the world that is waiting out there for you if you're someone who makes things you wish you had the courage to sell. There is a real nostalgic harping back to handmade goods and there are specialist sites springing up every year that specialise in selling things made by human hands. It's astonishing! In 2018 alone, the global handicrafts market was worth over $583 billion. I mean, let me say that again. $583,000 million. And remember, you only need a fraction of that market to put yourself in the position to start buying back your job. So what damage can you do here with a passion for crafts? Well, if you're a maker of things to sell, you've hit the jackpot. This week, we're going to start a soap making side hustle. Now, remember what I said last week. If you're going to start a side hustle or small business in a market that is commonly known or in a market that is flooded, The idea is to set yourself apart from your competitors. And the way you do this is to make something that's common, like soap, but to make your soap in an uncommon way or to make your soap to serve a niche or uncommon market. Let me say that again. The key, if you're a soap maker, soap being a common thing, is to make your soap using uncommon ingredients or to make a kind of soap that is not commonly available, let's say, for example, because you're using new smells in your soap, or to make your soap for a niche or small market, like, for example, foot soap for diabetics, which is where I'll focus the rest of this session. Now, I have a number of diabetics in my family, 
So I happen to know that one of the side effects of diabetes is poor circulation in the feet, which can sometimes cause dry skin at the bottom of the feet. Now, if you could create a special soap that had a moisturiser in it, that also had a good foot scent, you would be on to a winner here. Why? There are 4.7 million people in the UK who have diabetes. And right there, you have a niche market that you're able to target. And you only require a small slice of that market to make it. Now again, I'm assuming you have a passion for this thing. Because I don't know the first thing about making soap. But I buy a lot of handmade soap. And the people I buy from seem to have a real passion for this stuff. So if this is you, you're already at the level where you're probably turning out handmade soap as a hobby. As a starting point, there is always great mileage in looking at what other people are doing in the area you want to gate crash. Things move so quickly So it's never a waste of time to look at what else is new in your passion area. And you can do this by looking at the latest soap making websites and blogs just using a simple Google search. So if I was really into this stuff, I would put in a search for the top three online sites for soap making and I'd start my knowledge mining from there. Now, if you're on lockdown... That is one of the most simplest, but the most useful things you could do with your time in terms of putting your time towards your passion and towards your best life plan. Once you've topped up on the latest information, the next thing you need to do is to tailor your soap recipe towards your market area, thinking about how you're going to add scent, let's say peppermint, ginger or tea tree which are all tried and tested beneficial oils for tired feet alongside moisturizers for feet like shea butter and cocoa butter how are you going to add them to your soap what's the combination and the balance going to be you then make your soap but you try to make your soap stand out in either the shape of your soap the colour of your soap, or maybe even in the way you stamp each bar of soap. Like, say for example, using the universal symbol for diabetes, which is a thin blue ring with the word diabetes going through the centre of the ring. Now, obviously, the colour blue may not show up on your soap, but the words diabetes or love your feet or whatever you choose to stamp on your soap will show up. And we'll add that special look that will attract people looking for your thing. The next thing you need to think about is the reaction you want people to have when they see your packaging for your soap, when they open your soap and when they smell your soap. You want to think about how people will feel around all three of these things or a combination of these things. What's the reaction you want people to have? You have to put yourself into the minds of your customers and imagine how you would feel 
if you had just found a product that you have been waiting for. Imagine what your customers would say and do. And that is the effect you are trying to recreate in them. When you're creating your soap, you have to create your soap with both the product and the effect in mind, both in terms of the soap and how you package your soap so that people who are looking for your soap will know that it's for them when they see it. When it comes to packaging, there are endless amounts of ideas that you can adapt to fit your thing. But believe me, the more unusual and rustically packaged your soap is, meaning the more your package looks unconventional and homemade, the more attractive your soap is to the eyes of your customers and the more your soap looks like it should command a good price per bar. Now, when I find the right soap, it comes from a handmade African-American producer and it has to be shipped to the UK. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that if your soap does what it says on the box and it's attractive to your customers as a product they have been waiting for, then your soap can command a good price per bar. Now, if you need packaging ideas that you can adapt for your soap, I'll put a link to a really good soap packaging page where you can get some really great ideas. You'll find that link at the bottom of the show notes for this show. Just scroll down to the end of the notes where you're listening to this podcast and click the link to get to that website. Still with me? Good. Let's move to the next stage. Now, the next stage in this process is about marketing your soap. Here, You need to think about how and where your audience will see your product. So you will need to think about where you want to advertise your soap. Without a doubt, social media has to be a must in your marketing plans. If there was ever a reason to have social media accounts, this is it. And you should be thinking about a Facebook page and a Facebook group for your soap as a starting point. The Facebook page will be used to advertise your soap, tell the story of your soap, tell other people's stories about using your soap and generally act as a social media landing page that invites people to see what you're offering. Facebook is key here because it provides the tools you need with no entry cost for you to be able to start marketing directly to your customers and to people who like what you're doing. Now, with a Facebook group, you're doing something slightly different because what you're aiming for is to encourage people who buy your soap to join your group where you can start to build a community of people who all have something in common with each other, which is your soap and other products that you may go on to develop. Once you have people inside your private Facebook group, you can answer specific questions about your soap, like how often to use it, where to buy it from, and any new lines of soap you've got coming out. 
Group members can also share experiences with each other and give each other tips and tricks for how to get the best out of your product and also to maybe share information about good diabetic lifestyles. The idea is to build an audience that is focused on your thing and an audience who are eager to celebrate your thing alongside the things that they're doing with your product. When setting up your group, you should therefore consider making your group a closed group or a private group. If you do this, you'll be able to ask any number of questions to people who want to join the group. And this gives you more control about having the right people in the group who share as close as possible the ideals and the direction you want to move in with your Facebook group. A closed Facebook group also lets you ask for email contacts for each of the people who want to join your group. You can ask questions like asking people to provide the email they use to purchase your soap. And in return, you might send them a fact sheet, for example, that might provide valuable information on how to use your soap or how to get the best results for your feet from using your soap and other types of information that your customers and your audience might find useful. Now, the benefit of collecting real names and addresses is that it will help you to grow your list of customers that you can use to market your future products to. This kind of information is invaluable when you're trying to grow your business. So you shouldn't skip this step because it simply isn't enough to have 5,000 followers on Facebook if you don't have a way to reach those followers unless you use Facebook, because Facebook can withdraw its services at any time. But if you have an email list of your followers, then you can market to your followers whenever you want to, irrespective of what Facebook does with its service. If you want more information on how to start a private Facebook group, I've put a link at the bottom of the show notes, which will take you to a tutorial that you can use to set up your Facebook group. And those of you who are waiting for the Living Your Best Life in Africa Start Your Business Planner will also be invited to join a Facebook group. Because if you know me, I don't ask you to do anything that I don't do myself. Okay, so if you're interested, it will be a great opportunity for you to see how to grow a Facebook group and how to drive a Facebook group towards your end goals. So look out for that opportunity. Now, you may also want to consider building your own website dedicated to your product and your craft. Having a website will enable you to tell the story of your journey and will help your future customers to identify with you, your products and your brand. Having a website also allows you to engage with your customers and your future customers on your terms and will also let you collect valuable information about your customers so you can market directly to your customers in your way. Again, if you're interested in doing this, jump across to YouTube and you can find endless videos that will help you to set up your website. 
The final thing you need to think about is how and where to sell your soap. Now, traditionally, people have sold products like this in brick and mortar shops, craft fairs and at specialist events. And there's nothing wrong with that. You still have to keep doing that. But you also have to do that alongside the knowledge that things have moved on. And now one of the biggest markets for handicrafts today is online sales, which account for at least 35% of all sales of craft goods. And when you think about 583 billion a year, you can see that that 35% accounts for a lot of sales. So this is one sales arena that you cannot leave out of your plans. Today, the top three sites to sell your soap are Etsy. Now, you've heard me talk about Etsy before. That's E-T-S-Y. Etsy is one of the largest e-commerce, meaning online markets in the world. It's American based and it focuses strictly on selling handmade, vintage and craft items. It takes very little money to get going on Etsy and it has 47 million shoppers a year spending over $5 billion in the last year which is why Etsy is seen as the number one site where you should list your soap for sale if you want to access the widest amount of shoppers. eBay is the next site you should look at. With eBay, you can list up to 50 items for free and the site makes commission only on what you sell, whereas Etsy charge you a small amount for each listing eBay is traditionally thought of as the kind of TK Maxx of online selling, meaning it's somewhere where you go if you want a bargain. So you need to bear that in mind when you're selling your soap so that you list at a price that makes you enough money to recoup your costs plus a little bit more on top. And the final site I think is worth looking at is called Handmade at Amazon which is another channel that Amazon has for its sellers. Now, Amazon is much more selective about who can get onto its site to sell their craft, unlike other sites. Now, with Amazon, everybody knows Amazon. Everybody's bought something from Amazon. So you can see the attraction of selling there. So in my opinion, these are the top three sites for selling handmade goods because each site is a household name and all the sites have developed that know, like and trust factor amongst both sellers and buyers. So your soap will be safe on any of these sites. Now, a downside to trading on all three of these sites is the level of competition for the buying eyes you are trying to attract. There are lots of people doing the same thing, which is why I talk about doing a common thing in an uncommon way, because that is what will make you stand out from all the other people selling soap. Also, some of the big high street brands and big labels have started to encroach onto these sites. I mean, wouldn't you? If there are 47 million buyers a year, then that is to be expected. 
But the downside to that is that these big names can take eyes away from traders for whom these sites were originally created. But remember, if you're just starting out, you've got the time to invest in connecting with your audience and giving your audience great content and great service. And doing that will keep your audience focused on your thing and will keep your audience constantly coming back to you for more. Don't believe me? Just look at something you continue to buy over and over again. And then ask yourself why you buy the same thing and also why you buy the same thing from the same seller. And once you've reflected on that and answered those questions for yourself, aim to create that same effect and loyalty in your customers for your soap or any other handmade goods that you're thinking of creating. And the final point I want to address is the question about whether you can actually make a living selling crafts or things you make. And the answer to the question is a huge resounding yes. But how much money you make depends on a number of factors. Firstly, you have to produce good quality products that you would buy yourself. If you wouldn't buy it, then there's no point expecting other people will buy it. Secondly, you have to price your products at a level that will give you a good margin of profit on each item you sell when set against the costs you paid to make the product. Next, you also have to attract your customers to buy your product and find a way to hold on to your customers so that they become repeat customers who come back again and again to buy your thing. It's a well-known fact that if you can encourage people to get into a relationship with your product, you can potentially hold on to that customer for many, many years before that customer thinks about moving on to another product or another buyer. So you really have to invest in the customer relationship because if you can give your customer an opportunity to know, like and trust you, your customer will keep coming back for more of what you have to offer. This is why it's great to start small and build using your passion because when you still have your day job, You're not as dependent on the income from your side hustle and therefore you have the time to grow at a pace you're happy with and at a pace that allows you to make mistakes and not kill your business passions because of them and at a pace that allows you to perfect your craft. I hope you feel as excited about this as I do and I hope you found something inspirational in this week's episode. Please remember to let other people know about the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and where you see my podcast adverts, please share the content so we can get the information out to as many people as possible. As always, it's been a pleasure and I look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asher, and for this week, I'm out. <laughs>